Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of The Comedian's Tea Party with Cy Deves. In this episode, I have James Cranfield, or as I call him in the episode, Cranfield. He's a very good friend of mine, it's really good chat, it's really interesting. He's the first non-comedian that I've had on, and it's just like he's just a really interesting man. He's a very intelligent guy, he's got a great deal of insight about animals and the like, uh, as you will learn. As you listen on. It is a long episode, so I won't hang around. I (laughs) I have edited out about half an hour of conversation, so uh, it could have been longer. But uh, but it is a good chat. I couldn't take out more than I did. Uh, There's a section towards the end that sounds a bit weird, a little bit jumpy conversationally, but that is just because I had to chop out about 10 minutes of a potentially libelous conversation. (laughs) So I I thought that was best to avoid that. So, yeah, I think it comes through just fine. I learned a new word. That word is lenticular. I can say it, even though I may not be able to during the episode. Uh, Now, I will say... There were several points where I had to edit uh, and try and control the volume of Cranfield's laugh because it, it's loud. If I missed any bits, I apologise. You're going to be deaf for those little bits, but hopefully not too bad. Hopefully you enjoy it. Also in the room with what is the most dangerous heater in the world it is absolutely terrifying. Like I say, it's a long episode, so I won't hold you for longer. Enjoy. Why don't I get headphones? Uh, you don't need to hear anything. I'm not going to wear headphones. Oh, right, okay. No, I'm just I'm <laughs> just, just wearing check, it to get the sound right. Just checking that it sounds okay. Yeah, my my voice my voice is fine. Your voice is, is like dark chocolate. Velvety. Velvet, exactly, velvet. <laughs> yeah, dark chocolate. Uh, galaxy? I don't know, that's pretty smooth. Oh, yeah, it it's is It's a smooth smoothie. chocolate. Well, uh, so we're... Is the kettle boiling? The kettle just boils. Cool. Do you okay. want to bring it in? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've started. We've started recording, but let's... We've started recording. Yeah, n- not sure. necessarily... Uh, oh, it's a shambolic start to every <laughs> to every single episode. None of them really make sense. But yeah, this is, this, is, this is basically the start. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of The Comedian's Tea Party with Side Eves. With me, Side Eves, and my guest this week is uh, my good friend James Cranfield. Hello there. How Thanks. are you doing? I'm so well. I'm so pleased we finally managed to be able to do this. I know. We've been talking about it for a while. A good while. Yeah. Busy people. That's the trouble. Well, yeah. I mean, you've just come back from Manchester. Yes, I've just come back from Manchester. From a tattoo show. Yeah. Now, so to most people that are listening would think, oh, he's a tattooist. Yeah, but no, t- yeah. you are a, a taxidermy and curiosities dealer. That is correct. That's is- exactly what I am. And well done for saying that. I'm not a taxidermist. Although, yes, I can, you although I can do it, yeah. I just now deal I've, I've it. I've seen evidence of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I buy and, buy and sell um, anything from stuffed crows to raccoon penises to... Um, <laughs> I, I don't believe I've seen uh, <laughs> Real human skulls, real human bones, you name it. If it's a natural history curiosity, I've either got it want it or have had it yeah and so that goes hand in hand with the tattoo community they seem to love it for uh, reference for tattoos or decorating their studios so i've been trading at all the best conventions in the uk for the last seven years amazing 
And, yeah, uh, and I've just come back from my first one of the year, Tattoo Tea Party in Manchester, one of our favourites. was a successful weekend, but didn't get back until late Monday, and so we are now sat I here your, recording I this I saw podcast. your journey back on, on Instagram. Oh, was, yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes, stopped off in a couple of places, yeah. Uh, J- uh, J- James, uh, sorry, I mean, I, I, I always call you Cranfield, so I don't yeah, know. call me Cranfield, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Cranfield uh, is, is very interesting and worth a follow on Instagram. Uh, he regularly posts it's incredible and weird content, uh, so it's worth worth following. Uh, we'll do plugs at the end anyway. Sure. But at the taxidermist, yes, is, at uh, the taxidermist, all one word. Yeah, amazing. What's the your favourite thing that you've sold recently? Sold? Oh well. So first and foremost, I'm a collector. We're sat currently in my museum, which is at saturation. I mean, you can't move for stuff nowadays. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I'm, I'm not a tall man and I struggle to not hit my head every time I come <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. And I see something new every single time. Like I just saw the, what did you call it? Oh, it's a lenticular, a lenticular. which is a, a picture that's got two images on it. And if you move from side to side, it, it will change. So ba- you you can find cheap lenticulars around Halloween. It'll be an old-fashioned picture of a woman. You move to one side, it looks like a ghost or a vampire. Absolutely. And then that is what I've got one of myself, which... Uh, um, no, did you get that made or did you find it in a shop? <laughs> yeah, that would be weird, wouldn't it? If you're just, you know, out <laughs> decoration shopping. Well, I de- oh, uh, no, I had I had it made. It was... Where was that? Oh, it was at, at the gift shop at the end of the Haunted Mansion ride in Walt Disney World. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, amazing. And I went, that was a few, a good few years ago that, that I did that. And when I went back last year, uh, it's not there anymore because I wanted oh. an up-to-date one. Are you worried that it was never there at all? And yeah, you imagined maybe. it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. How, how peculiar. You've just made it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, people people think it's quite egotistical of myself to have a picture but then worse than that is the yeah. that head up there that the, which yeah. is my head made into a, a stag i had to have a life cast done and that's all made out of silicon yeah so like from the eyes down it looks like me but well it doesn't actually anymore because i've got a beard nowadays yeah. and that Anyway, that's quite egotistical. And what's even more egotistical is that I want a, a life-size oil painting of me done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to to hang in amongst my collection. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So. Oh, interesting. One day. Nice. Um, oh, but hang on, we've skirted over on, the yeah, no, initial I, I, question, I interrupted which was, you. What was, my my, <laughs> what was the most interesting thing I've sold recently? Well, being a collector, I I like all the best stuff. But obviously, also being a dealer, and this is how I make my living, I have to let some things go. So I'm not sure. I, I sell I sell all sorts of interesting yeah. things. But my favourite that I've sold recently... Oh, it's difficult. It's so difficult. <laughs> Sorry, it's a, I, it's, it's more easy. It's, it's a big question because, you know, over the weekend, I you know, I also sell giftware that is kind of natural history or tattoo themed. Yeah. So I sold loads of that. But I, you know, I've got a number of taxidermists that I use for specimens, and you know, so, some of them are, are really do do exceptional work. And I sold some beautiful mounted crows and magpies and jays and 
a long-tailed glossy starling. That was probably the nicest thing that I've sold recently. Oh, okay. A long-tailed glossy starling. So it's this beautiful bird the size of an English starling, but as its name suggests, has got a really long tail, and it's like this vivid petrol blue-green. Wow. Um, and... You know, I haven't got one of those in my collection, but I can't keep everything, so that's yeah, probably my favourite that I sold. What would you say? What What have you sold that that you regret the most? Oh, over the years, again, before this was my job, I was obviously just a collector, and I was either a university student or working in a jewellery shop or whatever I was doing, and particularly when I was a student, I needed to top up the money that I had. So I I let some things go in my, from my collection that I now regret. Oh, okay. I've had, I was only talking about it the other day, actually. I sold a, a genuine two-faced kitten oh, as a wet seen. specimen in a jar. Yeah. Yeah, and now that I'm into my f- freaks, I mean, I've got a two-headed pig, a six-legged pig, a two-headed snake. A kitten would go along with that. But at the time, it was valuable i had a client for it so i sold it and 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 other things but life's too short for regrets yeah absolutely just making room <laughs> for more stuff yeah exactly and and i'm i this year i'm going to have to thin out my personal collection because i've i, I do have some very beautiful things but as you can see i've got stuff on stuff and you can't appreciate it. So yeah. I need to thin out the herd uh, and, you know, liquidate some assets to get some cash to then... Because I'm, I'm happiest when, most when I'm either buying or selling. Yeah. It's an addiction. It's an obsession. It's an addiction. It's like an alcoholic needing their next drink <laughs> or, 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 or a heroin addict needing their next shoot-up or whatever. But much I need, healthier. Yeah, but, 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 but much healthier. If, you, if you're going to choose one of those things, if someone's putting, a, <laughs> put, putting you in a situation where they say you have to be addicted to something, it's, it's heroin, it, it's alcohol, or, or just selling stuff that you like. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would say that that's probably that's the preferable the latter, option. preferable one, yeah. But yeah, I'm always looking for that next thing. Um, so literally... Sold loads of stuff over the weekend, and on the Monday, I did two stop-offs up and down the country to buy new things. And one is a an antique display of uh, British moths and butterflies from about 1850, 1860, and all the hundreds of butterflies are in the set of a uh, in, in the shape of a fleur de lis. And I bought it off of the oh, wow. really two interesting people. And that's also what I love, meeting new people. Yeah. The people that I sell to are lovely. They're wanting things to decorate their studios, their homes, or to buy as gifts. And you meet interesting people when selling, but also when buying. You, the stuff that is out there, there are other people that aren't dealers that just have homes full of the most incredible stuff that they were buying when taxidermy was unpopular. And it's yeah. just ferreted away. And then these people I'd never met before and they didn't particularly have any taxidermy, but it was I, I collected it from a 18th century country house. It was just beautiful and the two people were passionate about what they were selling as yeah. a hobby. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, was that from whom you picked up this uh, this wonderful bust? Oh, that no, that <laughs> the wonderful bust was from another dealer at the tattoo convention. Oh, okay. He deals in 
curiosities of bit wider sort of area than myself. He just likes quirky stuff, and of course I like quirky stuff. Yeah. And uh, I've done deals with him in the past. And on Friday, when I went to set up for the convention, I saw this silicon bust, which is it is an exact replica of a human being. Basically, the the detail and the quality of it is exceptional. Yeah, it's, um, it's really good. And based on somebody, but we don't know who. Yeah, apparently it is an actor, but I haven't been able to work out who it is. It was a film prop. Don't know what film. But yeah, the, the level of detail of that bust is incredible. But it, it wasn't cheap. And so I waited until the end of the weekend. And I was, I was like, I still don't want to pay that. And so the dealer came over to my stand and we, I, I like to call it the dance. We did the yeah, dance yeah. of the trade. So he's picking out stuff and I was like, no, I need to keep that. You know, I can sell that. And, but I've got spares of this. So I, I did, we did a swap, nice. which always, which is always great if you can get to an end result where you're both happy because you're obviously both doing that deal because you think you're getting the better end of it. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was getting the better end of it. He thought he was getting the better end of it. Everybody's happy and it, it, it saves spending any more cash. Yeah. Uh, just li- you know, liquidate some stock that I already had that he needed so he will be able to place that quickly with a customer. And I have ended up... Oh, no, no, no. He, he he picked out something that he wanted for his collection. And I picked out that bust that I wanted for my collection. And I've sat here looking at it. And it's just so exceptional. Every He's got a beard and a moustache and eyebrows. And well, if you each pu- hair on that place? Yeah, every single hair in that has been punched in. It's called punching it in. Right. Uh, into the silicon. And only the very best movie props are done that way oh really and i spoke to an acquaintance of mine who does do work for film sent him a picture and i said if i wanted to have something like that made what what would it cost and he said uh, something of, of that quality would be about eight thousand pounds wow but of course uh, movies have got budgets for yeah. that he's got a gash in the top of yeah, his head so some kind of horror movie yeah a horror movie or some action thriller where he's, you know, chopped down with an axe in the back of the head and it's easier to film a gash in the head on a on a fake head than it is to do on the actor. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's generally more acceptable. Generally more acceptable. Yeah. But that's a bit out. That's a bit out of left field for me because it's not a piece of historic taxidermy, which yeah. is my number one passion. But I just like things that I like. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, that's the best way because you've got a lot of sort of movie props and things based on. Well, yeah, uh, it, yeah, that it's only over the last sort of five. I worked it out five, five, five years. Five. I met this guy called Neil, who is a phenomenal sculptor and airbrush artist. Oh, okay. And he gets gets these models in and hand airbrushes them to the. F- finest level oh, wow. and each year i buy a couple of bits off of him and they are generally from blockbuster films i mean just behind me to my right is a gremlin uh, yeah. i've got the head of the pale man from pan's labyrinth yeah terrifying yeah uh, terrifying movie uh, and and other bits and bobs and i've just ordered two more from him but it kind of all nestles into the aesthetic of what is a very curious room yeah oh um, absolutely 
it, it fulfills its name. Yeah, yeah, Cranfield's Curiosity Cabinet. I suppose that is quite apt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, speaking of, because uh, you you're obviously saying about interest in clients and the like, you, you've you've met some reasonably famous. Uh, do you, do you have regular famous clients? Because you've met. Darren well, Brown a few times, right? Yes, I have, yes. and I've met him a couple of times. So. Have you really? Yeah. Why? How have you met well, him? Fr- through uh, the theatre. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, cool. I was working on his nice shows, guy, isn't he? Lovely guy. Super Such nice, a nice guy. guy. For somebody who is, you often find, uh, you know, when you meet, uh, in quotation marks, famous people, <laughs> they can be maybe up a bit up themselves they think they're a bit better than you yeah um I, i've had that a couple of times i'm obviously not going to name any names but darren brown is self-made he worked hard to be where he's at he's absolutely number one top of his game but he came from humble beginnings and yeah. he hasn't forgotten that and so he genuinely is such a super nice guy I, you know, I've met him a number of times. He's been here to have uh, takeaways with his crew when he's doing a sh- local show. I've I've had dinner at his home. Really, he makes a pheno- he makes a phenomenal Tommy Margarita. Oh, really? I don't know what that really is. Really good. Oh, so it's like um, tequila and agave syrup, and he just he just makes the best one of it that mm-hmm. I've ever had. <laughs> and nice. and he's got phenomenal taste. His home is beautiful. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been lucky enough that he's he's um, had a few things off of me. Nice. Hmm. And there's been a few other people. I mean, you brought it up, so it's not I quite did, like yeah, name dropping, but Kat Von D for. <laughs> so you've done your research. You know who has been. I've here. been to your house a number of times, and I've seen <laughs> the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay. So yeah, Kat Von D again, lovely, lovely lady. Um, uh, she she doesn't like taxidermy so much anymore, so oh, really? I, I haven't I haven't dealt with her for for a good long time. But again, she's been here when she was in the was when she was in the UK. She came uh, and and made a specific trip because she had been buying some stuff off me, and I had been sending it to her. And then when she was in the UK for something, I had very just opened the shop, and I said, you know, the walls still haven't been painted, and she was like. Oh, I don't mind. I'd love to meet you, you know. And she came and we had a cup of tea and had a selfie and she looked round and, yeah, really nice woman again. Yeah. Nice. Who who else? <laughs> so you want me no. to reel off no, no, all no. the famous no, people? Well, we're, practi- we're practically there with the with the, the biggest names yeah. that I've dealt with. And, you know, I, I, sh- I did this in an interview recently, just talking, because, you, you, you know, you're charismatic and this last journalist was charismatic. And we were just chatting, and then it all came out in this interview. And I was like, "Oh, what about customer confidentiality <laughs> yeah. and things like that?" Um, but do, it's quite do, well. Do it's you, quite do you want well. Leave any of those names out? No, no, no. It's quite well known that Darren Darren Brown uh, likes likes taxidermy, uh, but he he keeps it on the lowdown now for, uh, as everybody needs to, for fear of backlash from animal any animal rights people yeah. because because it's worth pointing out as well that y- everything, all of your stuff is everything I deal in is one hundred percent legitimately legal, ethical. I mean, I'm a huge animal lover. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't want a few to... times. Yeah. <laughs> you with the name drop still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and yes, I wouldn't deal in anything if I didn't believe it to be ethical. And so when 
you you know i have i have animals here that are critically endangered but they are predominantly antique pieces that predate 1947 which is the legal cutoff for owning and dealing in something like that oh right um or they have paperwork and have come from natural deaths within zoos okay. or things like that. Um, yeah, it's a minefield legality-wise. This this business, if you're, you know, if you're dealing in cased insects or the odd crow or duckling, it's fine. But if you get into literally any more of the more interesting animals, there is some sort of legislation that you must adhere to. Yeah, yeah. What's the uh, what's the most hot piece you've got? Hot piece? Yeah. What do you mean? What uh, as in? Oh, oh, you know, I've got one, two, I'm just trying to, three. Yeah. Three tiger heads in this room. Yeah. I've got three in the workshop to be restored. I'm just trying to think if I've got any more elsewhere. I've got at least six tiger heads. Yeah. And obviously, all tigers. Or... Well, well, no, they're all pre-47. Oh, okay. Tigers are one of those, you say something that's hot, a, a tiger specimen in the UK can only be bought, sold, used for a commercial purpose, i.e. have on public display. Right. Tigers are critically endangered. Everybody loves tigers. They do. Beautiful. Uh, be beautiful creatures that are being decimated in the wild due to habitat loss, poaching, uh, ridiculous beliefs from china where they believe that if you drink tiger bone tea it will right yeah you know give you really good strength in bed or whatnot i mean there's, so that's that's worrying things about what uh people from china eat and drink anyway well, exactly. that's <laughs> yeah rumored exactly. start behind the uh the current hot topic of uh coronavirus well, we're not getting yeah. on, so we're not going to talk about well, okay right so yeah, so this so ti the tiger uh, as a species, well, there's a number of subspecies, but the, the tiger overall is under huge constraints, so are heavily protected. Yeah. So in order to own, buy, sell, or use for a commercial purpose a tiger specimen, that specimen must have been created and mounted and have remained in the mounted state that it is in before 1947. So my, my one of my favorite pieces in my collection is a tiger head called Rufus, who was mounted by the Van Ingen and Van Ingen taxidermy uh, firm in Mysore, India, in, in around 1934. And other than some slight restoration to the ears, it has remained in that state since it was created in 1934. Wow. So and that's that, that one in the corner. That's that one in the corner. Yeah. So it's that's amazing. the one. So that ticks all the boxes for it to be legal. Um, but a few years ago, there was an issue with because there's also loads of tigers in captivity. Right. And so, generally speaking, if you have the correct paperwork, you can have. Uh, taxidermy pieces from zoo deaths but in the UK there is a total ban on any taxidermy specimens post 1947 oh, really? yeah just because a case that came up a few years ago the guy had paperwork for a tiger he mounted that tiger in a leaping position it's a phenomenal piece of taxidermy 
and it was bought by and displayed by the fashionista Alexander McQueen. Right. When the authorities looked into it and all the paperwork was provided, it was shown that the paperwork was for, I can't remember the specifics, but a tiger with 13 stripes and this mounted tiger was one with 12 stripes. Right. It was all traced back and it turns out that there was a muck up at the zoo and the wrong paperwork was just sent with the wrong specimen because there are so many in captivity and they die all the time. Right. And so the authorities then just said, it, it got into the media, there was a big furore about it. So they just went, right, we're not having any of this anymore. We ca- you can't do it in the UK. You can still buy a taxidermy tiger on, on the continent, France, Germany, Belgium, you name it. But you can't have it in the UK anymore. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting in. Yeah, very, we've gone, we're we've gone, gone, we're gone hard and specifics <laughs> yeah. here. This is also supposed to be the comedy podcast. What, Absolutely. What, well, what, uh, what d- other questions do comedians. you have for me? Um, oh, great. I mean, you've got a bottle opener made of a camel's nutsack. Incorrect. No? I've got a bottle opener made of a kangaroo's nutsack. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, yeah, again. It's a bit more lighthearted. A bit, <laughs> is it a bit more lighthearted? Poor kangaroo. Oh, yeah, no, that's. Hopping around without a ball sack. I wouldn't. Like, what? Had the kangaroo not died? Uh, yes, it had. Yeah. Sorry, I was just, just getting that image in your uh, listeners' grief. ears. Yeah. Uh, so, and that and that is that that is the thing with saying I deal in ethical pieces. Not everybody might agree, agree with my particular personal views on the ethics behind certain specimens. So, right. we're jovially talking about this <laughs> bottle opener made out of the scrotal sack of a kangaroo. But yes. That kangaroo did die. It may have been a farmed kangaroo and the meat was being used. Right, okay. And that would be then considered a byproduct, which is sold as a tourist souvenir in Australia. And then the money from that goes to uh, supporting wild kangaroos. Right, okay. Well, but also maybe not wild kangaroos, maybe something else, bushfires, koalas, whatever it is. Because in certain areas, kangaroos are a pest. They're just like a giant rabbit. Yeah. So their populations have to be controlled. Like in this country, crow populations have to be controlled. Uh, Deer's uh, populations have to be controlled. And it's the same in all other parts of the world. Uh, just because something is a beautiful creature that we may have in a zoo in this country doesn't mean in their country of origin that their population numbers or disease issues or whatever mean that they have to be culled as well. Right, okay. So, you know, looking at Jeffrey over there, he is a phenomenal eight-foot-tall head and neck of a beautiful giraffe. That is a culled specimen. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, I didn't realise that they were... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that is only because he's an older individual. Right. So if you're going to have to thin out a herd because the pop- the populations are too big in a certain area, yeah. you're not going to kill the young. You're going you're gonna to cull the weak, infirm, old. Okay. So that is a topic that some people don't like to discuss. But even me, as an animal lover, thinks, oh, that is sad. You know, there's only an issue with the population numbers because uh, the human population is too large. Right, yeah. So why are we controlling that animal species to a certain number? No. (laughs) (laughs) 
so I'm a little uneasy with the fact that that beautiful creature has been culled, but it's only really a long-necked deer, and yeah. deer in this country are culled. Yeah. And uh, his meat would have gone to local people, his skin would have been used, every part of him would have been used, and now he is here, um, and he gives joy to me personally and visitors and... Uh, young children that come and visit that can't get that close to a giraffe yeah. generally in a zoo or watching it on a wildlife documentary will hopefully inspire young the young people that come and visit to work with nature in the future. Yeah. Become a conservationist, become a vet, become a whatever. So that's also a huge part of my collection. I enjoy showing it of people young and old so that they can learn, I can educate. And that is one of the reasons I love taxidermy so much, is you can get close to that creature, you can learn from it. And indeed, in museum collections, taxidermy is all we've got left of some certain species. Yeah. If we didn't have a mounted specimen of a passenger pigeon, we wouldn't have anything. That's now a, a species do, that is extinct. I don't put, that's on my wish list. I don't, I don't know what that is. It's just a pigeon. Oh, Think right. of a pigeon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks like a pigeon, but it's slightly larger, slightly different shaped, and slightly different plumage. Uh-huh. But it was, at one point, the most abundant bird on the planet. Really? Yeah. So when it... F- and it's gone from that to extinct? Yeah. When it flew over certain towns or villages or whatever, their numbers were in such large quantities that it would black out the sky. Wow. Serious. Yeah. And then, but there would be passenger poo. Uh, <laughs> passenger poo? <laughs> yeah, pa- there would well, be passenger would poo a, a everywhere. Uh, but there would the be, <laughs> there would be passenger pigeon shooting parties. And thousands, thousands would be shot in a day whilst wow. they flew overhead. That's and then, it, as, and it, yeah, horrific. And then at a certain point, in the early 1900s 1914 I think the last one Martha in the Cincinnati Zoo passed away and then that was it that species is extinct from being the most abundant to being wiped out and so all we have left of the passenger pigeon are mounted taxidermy specimens in collections and because it was the most abundant there aren't really that many specimens yeah oh we, there's we loads of those need to... we don't need to keep one of those right. it's not a beautiful parrot that we need to test how quickly were they oh it was over oh, i don't know all the figures but it was over a relatively short period of time wow i want to uh, say 100 years i, I imagine as uh, you know guns and that improved yeah improved if, if, if improved and, is and indeed the word we, we should be didn't, using we uh, so there were certain lobbyists and things that went, you know, if we continue doing this, they're going to go. But we didn't learn quickly enough. Right. And it's it's the same with most things in in nature. It's humans that have done it. Yeah. Same with the dodo. Uh, you know where the dodo is? I know. Yeah, I'm familiar with the dodo. Yeah, so yeah. dodo on the island of Mauritius was, again, a flightless bird that just was chilling out on the island of Mauritius. Yeah. All of a sudden, humans came. Dodos weren't scared of them, so you could literally walk up to a dodo, pick it up, wring its neck, and eat it. wasn't particularly God. good eating, apparently. But it wasn't just that. But people are idiots. So. Yeah, but people are idiots. But also, on the ships that came to the island of Mauritius, 
were cats and rats. Right. Which then inv- invaded Mauritius and ate the eggs that were laid on the oh, ground. Right, okay. So again, within a short period of time, they went extinct. Jesus. Yeah, pretty heavy. I have got hints. Australia's uh, strict. Oh, super rules. strict. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's yeah, incredible. because most of the wildlife in Australia is indigenous. And there's a lot of it. As in that it's only found that. Oh, uh, endemic. Right. It's only indigenous and endemic. Endemic meaning that it's only found in Australia. Right. Okay. It's not found anywhere else. Yeah. So koalas aren't found anywhere else. Yeah. So, yeah, they are super strict with. That's great. Yeah, oh, really? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, really good. It's a. I've never been, but it's you know for your average tourist that it goes and has to go through all this checking of whatever. It can be tedious, but it is for the greater good of the country's wildlife. Yeah. Um, because you know cane toads were imported, and now they populations have boomed and. They are bigger than any indigenous amphibians, so they are eating up all smaller frogs and making some of those go extinct. Right. And so, yeah, basically, end of it. Are we allowed to swear on this? Oh, do you want. humans, humans are assholes. Yeah. F- humans. Yeah. And I think, as, as horrible as I it agree. sounds, uh, something will have to happen. You know. Our population is coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you say uh, that, but I've seen many maybe, people, uh, conspiracy I theorists, and the like, saying that they they definitely think, oh, it's one hundred percent created to try and uh, thin out the herd. Thin out the, yeah, absolutely. Eight billion mm. in in a hundred years, it's gone from what was it, one or two billion? Yeah, and then in the nineteen fifties, three or four billion, and now we're at eight billion. We're doubling. We're doubling in a matter of decades. Yeah. Jesus, this is a heavy podcast, side. Si. <laughs> I'm I don't so if, sorry. If, if, you, if you're normally <laughs> going to speak to comedians about their gigs and things and funny anecdotes, you come here and we've talked about potential mass extinct... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mass... But also, uh, we've learned. But we've that, learned. And yeah. that, it's like you say, you, you, you get a lot of your collection to sort of educate. Mm. And every single Massively. time I come here, I, I will see something new. And even if it's just the lenticular that's what I said. picture, yeah, you've learned a new that, word, I've you've learned, learned a new thing, absolutely. You've learned and I'll about hear it back in a recording, and I will remember it. <laughs> yeah, you've, yeah, there is something for everyone here. I learn every time I come here. It's amazing. That's good. And, and I, think, I, you know, and right, let's get a bit more light-hearted. We're we're very we are friends. You're not just doing this because it's a quirky thing. Go on, but. Uh, yeah, we're friends, yeah, we are, and we're yeah. very, we're very lucky. To my wedding. Yeah, absolutely. Even though yeah, I, I, I br- yeah. briefly joked that you weren't, and yeah, that really upset me. Yeah, and then, and anyway. and then you immediately responded with, "Yeah, that's okay. I, I didn't want to come." Got to put a brave face on these things. Anyway, what I was going to say is, we're very lucky with our friendship group. There's a, a hugely varied, uh, different talents within the group. You know, my girlfriend saved lives. She takes nine 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 calls. Yeah. Um, you're a fantastic comedian. Ross is a fantastic comedian. Uh, Which one? <laughs> they both are. <laughs> there's two Ross. There's there's all sorts of various things within that group, and you know some have got children, and those children are wonderful and yeah, are very supportive of one another. And what is nice with having a shop like this is I also have a big table where we can all come and sit at yes, and play poker and things like that. But I also hire... Yeah, yeah. poker, pizza, 
uh, put Poker the world pizza, to rights. Poops and yeah, penises. pop. Pop. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I don't plenty pop. Pop, um, pop should have been the better choice. I hire this room out as well, so you can come and if you're just somebody, you can get in contact with me and you can come and have fish and chips here, or you can bring your own drink, or some people have brought their own food and hire in, uh, but order in Indian, and you can come and sit in this room and ask me questions and just hire this room out on your own. Yeah. Amazing. What, so people pay you to come and do what essentially we're doing right now? Yeah. Well, yeah, they don't Amazing. bring microphones you know you've got and to laptops me, right? and things. <laughs> oh, really? <So> cool. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, yeah. People hire, people hire out the room all the time. And I think you should because it's it's bloody incredible. Yeah. I, I often... Fascinating. I often... Because I, I, I used to be of the opinion that... Uh, taxidermy and that was sort of moderately heinous but the more that i've sort of learned about it the more time that i've spent here i've see that I is fascinating see that is interesting isn't it what what you've just said there before you knew about it you you didn't like it you thought it was heinous because yeah. because if it, you it, are uneducated about it it is very macabre i'm i'm totally aware that some of the things that i have uh, can evoke a lot of emotion, yeah. and even even just your bog standard stuffed fox. If you are an animal lover and you are presented with a stuffed fox, you are like, "That's disgusting." Yeah. I would I much mean, I've, rather I've see I've it alive. Exactly. Yeah, I swerve and have almost crashed my car to not hit a fox. Yeah. Um. But it's the it's that uneducated view of not knowing where that specimen has come from, which you're constant, I am constantly having to battle against because once people know, they go, oh, okay, fair enough, yeah. yeah. No, it's taxidermy is actually a celebration of that animal's life. A be- yeah, uh, I, I instead of it. instead of it being cremated or buried or just to rot away in a field where it's passed away, that creature will be enjoyed for the rest of its life yeah. as long as the specimen is looked after and in places like this or obviously more more legitimately in museums it will educate the general public and historic specimens are constantly giving us new information i say us giving scientists and people who study certain yeah. things new information so that's that is that is the benefit of taxidermy and Absolutely. it is a true art and, form. And we're learning about passenger pigeons. And passenger and pigeons. And poo. And <laughs> poo. I, I feel like this is a good time to reboil the kettle. I'll, re- I'll go and reboil the which, kettle. Which of these teas do you want to try first? Oh, right. Okay. So um, I, I, I'll plug it for you. So we've got a. St- I mean, this from is, your this massive box of teas, yeah. which I'm incredibly um, impressed by. Speaking of massive boxes of teas, ha- did you see the picture of what <laughs> got me? No, what's yeah. that? My fiance, that she she bought me uh, eleven hundred bags of Smuggler's Brew tea. Is that your favourite? It or is, yeah. Smuggler's but, Brew. Where is that? Where is one of the hunt? I don't even know what Smuggler's Brew tastes like. Right. Well, next time you come to my house. All oh, right, I'll uh, have a cup of tea. Yeah, I've I've got a lot of them. So. <laughs> yeah, eleven hundred. Yeah. Wow, what does that look like? It's like that, that really, yeah. crikey! But it's it's pretty heavy. Wow, it's delicious. Well, my, I mean, my favourite is just Yorkshire, mm. Yorkshire tea, nice and strong. Yeah, if if you like Yorkshire tea, mm. you'll like Smuggler's Brew because it's similar, but yeah. slightly nicer. 
Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, you maybe will convert me then. But, anyway, from the it's, big... It, the, the problem is it's hard to get hold of outside of uh, Cornwall. Oh, that's I the, see. The... Is that the issue? Yeah. So why that's why you've got me such a huge it. bag, yeah. Right. Okay, well, I'll have to come come to you yeah. if, if I fall in love with it. <laughs> but out of your big box of tea, you I have selected... Are you going to let me do this tea plug for you or what? Sure. I mean, <laughs> would, would a tea dealer be a tealer? Tealer? I'm sorry, that wasn't that wasn't worth interrupting you for. Carry on. Most things that you ever say are very rarely <laughs> worth it, Si, but we let you get on with it. So, we, we've You're so got, kind. <laughs> out of the box of tea that you've brought, I have selected... A tea pig's fruit and spice, apple and cinnamon tea, and a Twining's digest super blend, spearmint, apple, and Rui, Rui Boss? Rubos, yeah. Rubos, okay. Rui With Boabab. And the reason I selected yeah. that is because I have actually walked down the avenue of Boabab's in Madagascar. And, it's, and as it says on the side of this package, Boabab is the fruit of the Boabab tree, which is also known as the tree of life. It can live to up to 3,000 years old. Wow. And Did some, you see some of those? Yeah, yeah. So some of those trees along the Ave, Ave, Avenue de Boabab in Madagascar are uh, suspected to be multiple thousands of years old. Wow. Yeah, That's and they're incredible. They're beautiful trees. They are like some sort of ethereal thing it's like yeah, they're yeah. growing into the sky yeah fat interesting all massive huge trunk and then just branches at the top really stunning and it's called the avenue of boabs because they obviously weren't planted this way but they perfectly go along a road that well a path an avenue yeah <laughs> that has been used but it looks like they've been planted oh wow hmm so of all of the teas that uh, Twinings have sent me, this is actually the last one that I am yet to try. Oh, well, I've picked a good one then. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what I'm slightly concerned about with it being the digest one... Yeah, that, that will do that for a while <laughs> until, until it fires so up. For the listener, uh, um, Cranfield just started a, uh, a gas heater... And um, it, it just spat out a, a load of flames, which was quite alarming. Um, oh, yeah, so that's what I was saying. Um, seriously, is that okay? Yeah, it's because the gas bottle is almost out. So right, it's just, okay. uh, yeah. It's terrifying. Well, it's, be it's better than the other day. I almost burnt the place down because, because I was so low of gas. I had an extension lead plugged into an extension lead which I had plugged into a fan heater whilst I was working here because I'm not allowed fan heaters here on you being used right okay um, as part of my actually cut all of this out yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah um, uh, I'll cut anyway anyway the extension lead melted oh yeah because I had all these things plugged into it Oh dear. And so I had one that dropped down from the ceiling. Oh, God, that does look bad. Anyway, it'll warm up in a second. So, yeah, that's something else I need to sort out. There's always something to sort out here. Yeah, the large fire is... Uh, yeah, it's because it is on its way out. Do you, do you want more gas? Should we go get some more? 
So I'm excited, you know. Oh yeah, I'm excited. Anything to improve my digestion. Well, that's the th- that's what I'm concerned about. Is uh, it, if it, it helps their digestion too well, am I going to shit myself on the way home? Yeah, yeah, you are a little way from home, whereas I'm just down the road. I can clench as long as I go get home quick, whereas yeah. you're like twenty minutes away. Yeah, which is it's not too bad, but it's not too bad. Is... But that's a hell of a long clench if you need the loo. Yeah, I've got strong buttocks. So, <laughs> do you? That's yeah. good to know. Um, do you? So you're obviously a tea lover. Yeah, I or, do. Or, I do. Is, or was I like this tea. just a USP for a podcast? <laughs> uh, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't be a tea lover. I no, just I really think... like tea. I drink okay. a lot of tea. But I'd never really ventured into anything other than like sort of yeah anything right, beyond okay. your standard tea. Like I'd only ever oh really yeah had... okay I love a cup of tea. But what I I just think we'll see what I make of these two. But yeah. I just think if you're gonna have a cup of tea, have a cup of tea. What there's so <laughs> you're many. Not, you're that not a fan box, of a. I think it's a bit. What word should I use to not offend people? You you want to say Ponzi? I can say I it. do want to say Ponzi. Yeah, yeah. Or, or wanky. Um, <laughs> You know, but then again, then again, uh, I did buy some chamomile tea recently, and that with a spoonful of honey in is sublime. Yeah, delicious. So, I had a little while ago with uh, with John Oakes, mm. uh, another of our friends. Um, he introduced me to, and I say he introduced me to it. Uh, it came from Tea Pigs; they gave it to me. Right. Uh, it was a uh, jasmine pearl. Oh. Which was. Amazing, right? Really, really nice, and I would suggest that you try some at some point. It's 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 really really tasty. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, okay. It's, it's all I can say for it. <laughs> it's uh, extremely tasty. Just very good. Just it's beautiful as well because the the little the pearls uh, as they are because they're little jasmine flowers that uh, oh, okay. open up, and as you as it gets wet, they open up. Right, like little buds sort of open out, and uh, is that not just aesthetically pleasing, or can you actually taste it? You can't taste it open up. That's just it where it gets wet, but <laughs> you can. But it's obviously it's obviously letting something out. I would I would think so. Yeah, I'd assume right. so. But it's yeah, it's delicious. Really, okay. really nice. Okay. I, I need to have some more, but I can't find any anywhere. Uh, so, uh, tea pigs, if you're listening, and I think that you should send me some more jasmine pearl tea, please. Is that definitely not going to explode? Because <laughs> it's definitely not. It's going now. That's just the cold metal expanding because of the Part heat. Part of me hopes. Honestly, that the this is picked that up. This is <laughs> insurance. This is this is this dangerous gas heater is yeah. what my insurance say that is the only thing I can use. <laughs> can you believe that? Something that goes <sighs> with flames yeah, and something that clangs literally and spits out yeah. fire is is what is literally specified on my insurance. Good grief. So you appeared on the uh, on the Improvathon special. I did. Yeah, I did. So yeah, I thought I thought we were going to have to get to considering this is a comedy podcast. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were we'll going to have to talk about your foray into comedy, comedy for yeah. sure. So uh, uh, how yes, long, how long have you been in improv? Oh well, that's what I was trying to work out earlier before you arrived. So I've obviously always loved comedy. Yeah, um, I was the I'm sure everybody says this on your podcast, but, you know, the class clown, all I like to do yeah. is make people laugh, make people smile. 
uh, and even and even now as an adult, I am still a bit of a child, and even in very serious situations or sad situations, I resort to humour. Yeah, because which is a, it allevi- it's quite a sta- which, standard response, I think. Really, it's yeah, not that not, but not everybody can do it. Yeah, um, not well. Not everybody familiar. can do it well. Yeah. So, not suggesting that I do it well, but um, it's fine. I am. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, yeah, I like, I love comedy, going right back to you know Chaplin, Laurel and Hardy, and up up till, um, present al- day. Al- yeah, present day. <laughs> or, yeah, but alternative. There's a problem. Please try again. <laughs> what the hell was that? My phone. Your phone oh, there's a problem. Oh, it's never ever said that. <laughs> That's um, weird. Yeah, really weird. I thought there was a man under your table. <laughs> oh, there's, there's a problem. There's a problem. Yeah. Um, you you need to let me out. <laughs> it's Johnny. It's the new bust. He's come to life. Oh, you know, his name. I've called him Johnny after the dealer that I got him off. Oh, of, okay. Until I find out who he actually is. Yeah. Um. Yes, so alternative comedy. Uh, some of my favourite is uh, Rick Mao and Adrian Edmondson as Great. as Bottom. Yeah. Um, Matt Berry as Toast of London. I love Matt Berry. Oh, he's phenomenal. Uh, Will Ferrell, uh, Steve Carell, all, all of that. Anyway, I'm just reeling off people you've heard. Good, of. good comedy yeah. people. Um, and so years ago, my first getting into comedy and i've only ever done improvised comedy not stand-up stand-up is a totally different kettle of fish and i know you do that and i know all of our friends do that and they've got their material but it's you have to prepare it you have to learn it you know you have to stick with it not everyone does that (laughs) (laughs) well no yeah not every no maybe yeah that is true but I, it's just different. I like improvised comedy because it is off the cuff. You know, do it as the suggestions come in or, or whatever. Yeah. And it's just having to be funny there and then for that moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, with that in mind, do you ever uh, consider sort of following in the footsteps of Ross Noble, for instance, who is obviously an improvised stand-up? Oh, is he? Have you never seen Ross Noble? I, what I, the name rings a bell, but I feel as if Blown I haven't mind. really. Yeah, Geordie man, um, like sort of curly black hair. Oh yeah, the, of course. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, of course I do. Oh, yeah. so yeah, but they're ramblings of a madman, which are which are which are brilliant, which, which are brilliant, and of course, but that falls into your wheelhouse for sure. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying, but that's that is. So what do you what do you term his sort of comedy? Improvised stand-up. I, I would, yeah, I'd guess so. One man like he, improvised. He, he does work um, really. He does have like bits that he goes yes. to, but they're of like course. jumping-off points. But of then course. generally, uh, I, was, I will reference comedians, comedian podcast with right. uh, Stuart Goldsmith, previous guest. Oh, um, oh cool! Right? Yeah, yeah. He had Ross Noble on, and Ross was saying that that's just how he thought it was done. Like he he didn't realize that that sort of people wrote stuff, so he just sort of went out and like made stuff oh, up but when he's doing his tour shows i think he has like sort of he's got a ideas. backbone he's of a got set, surely something sort yeah. of but he has like he tends to start the show with a line that he'll come up with the night before right. so there'll be something that will say during the show the night before that and then that'll be the what he jumps springboard yeah. yeah 
and then oh, that just turns into it. But it just becomes a stream of consciousness. He's just extremely good at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenally good. Yeah. I, I, I'm not very good with re- remembering names, but as soon as you s- described him, of, right. course, of course, I've seen him. Um. Yeah. I. I don't I'm know. Go, I'm going to see com- him in a couple of months, and I. Uh, sent him a message and asked him if he wants to come on a podcast and he hasn't replied. Oh, well, I'm and sure he's, he's a busy gunking. person. Oh, well, he will so. do it. Yeah. Uh, he, he, yeah. Once he's heard you've done it, he'll be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm absolutely. Yeah. You'll, you'll have people beating down your door yeah. to do this now that I've been on it, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, a good number of years ago now, I want to say at least 10, if not more, me and Luke Mason, Lee Terrell, Ross Bishop, Ali James, John Oakes, started Los Des, Los Desperados, yep. which was improvised comedy. Some of the first, well, no, the first group in Southend. Oh, okay. It, this was before Laughter Academy yeah, yeah. and all that sort of thing. Which is where Lee Terrell teaches... Uh... Yeah, Lee Terrell and John Oakes te- teaches and John Oakes, of course, uh, improvised yeah. comedy now. Um, yeah, and it was it was fun because there was nothing else. It was it wasn't particularly professional, but we did do some great shows up at the Alex and yeah. at the college and things like that. And I mean, as long as you're having fun, that's uh, and th- and that shows through, and that yeah. means the audience is enjoying it. Yeah, if absolutely. there's good rapport between the players, but then and so that is why I. I only ever did it to spend time with my friends. Oh, whereas really? yeah, whereas everybody else wanted wanted to do that. Yeah. So you never so particularly had the desire to perform. But everyone else was doing it and you like I comedy. enjoyed doing it. Yeah. I enjoyed doing it. You're very of good course, at it. thank you very much. And yeah, and and when people were that you hadn't met before, you you know, you go to the bar, get a drink and people are buying you a drink and going, Oh my god, you're hilarious. Yeah. What a fantastic feeling yeah. that is. So I'm told. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I really did enjoy it. And uh, But people, it, we were all younger. We all had less responsibilities and we all, yeah, it was just a different time. And then as time passes, you become busier. I set up, I mean, I've had my shop six years, but that takes up most of my time. Yeah. And and then the different groups change and newer people come on board. And so now all I do is once a year, Ali James still invites me to do the Improvathon. Yeah. Which I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. It's a thriving and it's an, scene uh, now. Yeah, it is a thriving scene. And it's a real honour to, despite me not having my foot in comedy at all throughout the rest of the year, it's an honour that I'm still... Except for just being a continuously funny man. <laughs> Thank you very much. To be to to be asked to not only do it but to do the whole twenty four hours. Yeah, and uh, I I enjoy it immensely. As I say, I just love to make people laugh, which I don't think if if you don't know me, I am a pretty sour faced, resting bitch face sort of person. If I'm walking along the street, I look miserable. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just one of the jolliest people I know. Because you know, because we're friends and yeah. we have that connection beforehand. So when I see you, I'm my normal self, but I'm actually quite a shy, not shy, but reserved person. Yeah. Unless I know you. 
So, yeah, and if I'm just going about my daily business, walking down the high street, I mean, I'm a bald, bearded, beefy man yeah. walking along. I'm not walking along with a great big smile on my face. <laughs> I'm just walking along doing my own thing. And so I look, I've been told, intimidating. And in and in groups of people, of new people, you know, I, it gets back to me that, Oh, such and such wasn't isn't sure about you because you're quite standoffish. I'm quite a standoffish person yeah. unless I know you. I've been told. Yeah, I think before like we got to know each other, I, I found you a little bit intimidating, but didn't take long to sort of. Break of course that not. Down. No, that, yeah, of course, and that's what I mean. Yeah, I but and so I think it will come to a shock with a lot of people new listeners or whatever or followers maybe that all oh, they they obviously only follow me because of the curiosities that I sell yeah, yeah they will find it peculiar that I like to muck about on stage doing improvised comedy being a fool yeah. and I'm quite good at it yeah and well, yeah we all like to <laughs> blow our own horn <laughs> no, well, I'm, I'm well just no you know yeah and every year I do the Improvathon, I go, oh, I really would like to get back into it. And Laughter, yeah. Ac- Laughter Academy is is superb for that, for for new people wanting to yes. do it. Yeah, really good for that. Yeah, if you're um, if you're interested and you want to do it, then look into the Laughter Academy in Southend because it's it's great for. Uh, and they do workshops elsewhere now as well, don't they? I I'm not they, sure. I think they set a few things up and sort of travel around and. It's good. Just look them up. But then there's yeah, there's improv workshops everywhere. Really, it's it's uh, it, it's, it's very popular these days. It so. is very popular, and it's popular as a course to do. Even if your end goal is not to want to do improvised comedy, yeah. it's a great place for meeting new people. And if you are a bit shy and retiring, it's a good way of opening up, bloss- blossoming, coming out of your shell or, or whatever i've seen quite a few people come through like the laughter academy the and process, that sort of place yeah. and through it like they don't continue to do it but like they've found relationships from it because they've been able to sort of oh sure yeah friendships actual and, relationships and people their, and their, their attitude to life changes um a lot of uh, like business folk do it who have to uh, do of course exactly sort of talks that's and seminars it. because it gets them and bec- thinking on their feet and speaking in public and exactly and it's yeah it's great it is that fact is the reason i don't go anymore mm. you know it is it is very good and you've got what you need out of it i've got what i need not that i ever needed anything out of it yeah. i don't know i just like mucking about <laughs> <laughs> just like saying silly stuff but you've never considered doing stand-up i don't know i don't know if i could see you doing stand-up you're like no i don't you, and you, it's... you become characters so yeah yeah like when when you're doing improv like you you fall into wild characters very well uh yeah no i've got my you know loud either posh person or camp person or yeah just generally loud because i'm quite loud you are a loud man i'm a loud man and so my um i do somewhat pigeon my pigeonhole myself into those passenger pigeon but it works yeah passenger pigeonhole myself into those uh, and but that and that if if it was something that I wanted to get back into, doing an, another course and relearning those to not passenger uh, to not <laughs> pigeonhole myself and to and to uh, and to express a wider range is something that I should do if I wanted to. But it's it's not something I want to do anymore. Yeah. 
apart from once a year at the Improvathon. Yeah, that's it. Or to help, which is an incredible. It's uh, so much. Uh, yeah, fun. Ali James is a uh, is a master behind that, and 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 the whole team behind it, and and whoever she gets to do it uh, are always good, and it's always different, and it is a joy. Yeah. Um. Oh, I almost totally forgot, you know, the, the improvised pantos that they of do course, as well. Yeah. I did the first one of that ever as well. Yeah. You've um, done some since, haven't you, as well? No, I haven't. Have you not? I only oh. ever did that one. I've obviously I've been invited to them as well, but it's just always time constraints. Yeah. It's obviously around Christmas and that is when I'm busiest doing We're busy for my then. business. Yeah. Hmm. Um But just you know, even to even doing this pod podcast makes me want to do because <laughs> we're talking about all the good times of, yeah. of of improv that we've had makes me want to do some again. And if there was, you know, some opportunities do come up f- throughout the year and and, and uh, I, I go and help people out or whatever. Yeah. I wish it happened a bit more often. I'm just not proactive enough to do anything or organise anything myself. Yeah, that's very much my thing. Is uh, I'm I, happy. I, I yeah, like, I, like, I think I like we're to drop into it. Exactly, uh, we're similar I, I can't people in that to respect. Doing it. Yeah, no, I'm happy to slip in where I can, yeah. and as are you. But yeah, and again with the stand-up comedy, I travel around with. Have we been anywhere together? Uh, I don't think so, actually. No, but I, you know, I go around with Ross Bishop, Ross, Ross McGrain, Matt Adlington. Uh, John, uh, sorry, James, John James BT, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and go and travel around the country to their gigs and watch and uh, and but it's that very fact of the the travelling and the time that you all put in. Oh yeah, you know, you go to the arse end of nowhere to do your bit for five ten minutes, yeah, unpaid. And come home. I well, think we try you... not to do it unpaid. Well, no. Some... <laughs> these days. Uh, these days. Yeah. But when you started. Yeah. It's a lot of the it. amount, The effort that stand-up comedians put in to get anywhere, I, I take my hat off to you all. Yeah. It's um, the uh, That's the thing. Because uh, uh, people always say, like, oh, it's the best job in the world. But that part of it isn't the job. The performance isn't the job. It's the, I mean, yeah, it's arguably one of the most stressful bits. It depends what sort of night you're doing. Some of it can be extremely difficult. Uh, you know, extremely oh, I've high pressure. The, I've but heard the horror stories. The Often yeah. the, the work is driving to the gig. <laughs> yeah, and it can be hours. You have yeah. you put the miles in, all of you. Yeah. To to yeah, it's in, you simply it's in, have to to reach this uh, level of mediocrity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good. Please please book me for your gigs. I'm very I'm very funny. You are very funny, <laughs> and honestly, you're not just very funny. You're very clever. You're oh, s- still one of my favourites. Is your um, children's literature? Oh, thank you. Piece. Yeah. I think that's so clever. Clever, and you know how you remember and have thought of, have obviously you must have pre-thought up all of these responses that could possibly be thrown out many to you. of them many of them yeah, yeah there's you might About get 80%. a curve yeah, yeah yeah exactly but that's a huge amount to remember they're all so bang on belly laughter loud when 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 you get thrown out a suggestion and you're quick back with it and everybody can't believe that you've <laughs> have got it so right and so quick and even when you get a curveball and you can see when you've got a curveball you still come up with something so quick-witted 
and uh, and and right on the money. Oh, thank you very much. That's really yeah. It's my favourite bit. I love. Is it? it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad, and and it shows because it, you're so good at it. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah anyway, that's enough <laughs> rubbing you. No, up. keep going. <laughs> Tell me I'm handsome as well. Oh, you're so <laughs> handsome. You're oh, so you. handsome. Although I will, uh, you know, feel free to cut this out. I do think your fiance is funnier than you. Yeah, as no, you uh, well know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, there was a very, in general life. very funny moment where my, my fiance had uh, posted something that I had done. It's on a ring doorbell, and she was sort of That's taking it. the piss yeah. out of me. And Cranfield found it very funny, and then um, thought because I, I I sort of reposted it on my story. Cranfield thought he was sending her a message and said, "Oh my God, you're so much funnier than Sai," or something to that effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Immediately sent a message back saying, "Yeah, you, you sent that to me." Yeah. And, uh, uh, to, to I, which I, his response was, uh, "Yeah, but it's true though." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stood by it. There's no backing out of it. Uh, I went back to my message funny. and I was like, "I haven't messaged Sire recently." I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit, I sent that to him." Um, no, it's I know she's funnier than me, but she hasn't got the confidence to perform, so oh, she just uh, well, thank God for you. Otherwise, yeah. you'd be out of a job. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, she just uh, she just gives, no, I, gives me better ideas. And that is also, most people are funny to an extent. Some think they're funny when they're not. That's the worst sort of thing. There's person. a lot of those. There's a lot of those. We've both seen those together. Yes, quite. And it's just, you know, I'd rather cut off my penis with a rusty bread knife, <laughs> to quote Eddie from Bottom, <laughs> than listen to any of those people ever. But then people like Emma, who are quick-witted and just sit there and she'll just mumble it and like... Oh, she where she, you can just she gives hear up it. a line like it doesn't even matter exactly, yeah. and it's that it's that. But there's a big jump from being funny like that to being funny on stage. Oh, I, st- I think she could be funny on stage. I, I think she'd absolutely rip anybody apart in in the room. Yeah, she. she I, I agree. Skill, yeah. I agree. She's just brutal and very clever. Slightly there. I I I quoted a, a, a quote from bottom is there any sort of sitcom or stand-up or film that you reference in daily life a lot oh yeah i mean i quote friends on a daily basis friends yeah really I, how interesting <laughs> i did a um, i mean there are other shows that like i have a lot of my knowledge is based on things i've learned from the simpsons right um and there's just yeah, there's loads of stand-up that has taught me stuff as well. Like I, I quite often tell stories of uh, David O'Doherty's stand-up oh, because he's, he's got some incredible oh, stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay. So you quote those, and but bottom, I could more or less verbatim, yeah, start to finish every episode, tell you what is said. I, my dad introduced me probably too young to it. Yeah. We had it on VHS. I'd watch it all the time then. Then I had it on DVD. We'd watch it all the time at uni. Now it's on Netflix. I can still just have it on in the background when I'm working here at the shop. And I love it. It's not... I don't know whether that's because it's sentimental because my dad introduced me to it. Yeah. Or it is just also very good. But it's not, again, everybody's cup of tea. It's... It's slapstick. It's hitting with fry pans. It's crude jokes. Yeah. Uh, it's just you know for anybody that doesn't know Bottom, shame on you. But uh, <laughs> it's two bat- down and out bachelor men, Richie played by Rick Mao and Eddie played by Aid Edmondson, 
and it's so ridiculous, but it's just also so very good. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I quote it every day, particularly with my family, because my sister and dad are obviously massive fans. Yeah. And, but in recent years, it's been toast. Yeah. Uh, toast Amazing. of London is just so quotable and so funny, and it's the obscurity that, uh, of it that I like as well. Almost on a daily basis, my hearing. I think I'm falling apart. My hearing isn't good anymore. My sight isn't good anymore. I'm only 32, for God's sake. Um, so I can't really hear people on the phone very well. And so every time Francesca goes, can you hear me? I go, yes, <laughs> yes I, I can, can hear you, Clem Fandango. <laughs> so, yeah, that's almost a, a daily thing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that was a question for you, and yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, it's just to, just so you could uh, talk about yourself. No, uh, yeah, no, I love Total London. Um, yeah, like I say, but I, I absolutely love Matt Berry. Yeah, okay, that's an interesting point. What do you make of social media? Do you think it's good, bad, ugly, indifferent? Can be good, can be very bad. The thing is, like, it's essential for a lot of sort of comedy and stuff like that. Because, of course. Uh, for promotion and sort of anything like the that. The world in which we live but, is just social media orientated. Yeah. But I think it causes so many problems and as well. The thing is, where a lot of people, you know, they, they uh, people often say that you only ever see the, the light side of people's lives and the sort of the positive things because... You know, if you're posting the negative things all the time, I will unfollow you because I, it's dull. You don't want to see it, do you? Like you never, you never want to see the bad news. Obviously, you've got to see the bad news occasionally, but you only ever see the positive things that people post about themselves. Uh, oh, oh, understandable. That's, that's no, but that and that is it, isn't it? Everybody but, out there, I'm not. You know, this is a bit wider than just talking about. I use social media for my business. You use it for your comedy. It is a very useful tool for me selling things for you, getting gigs for you, putting out yourself out there yeah. as, as a as a comedian. But then, you know, you go to all the Instagram models and things like that that are posting their wonderful lives and yeah. body shaming and body dysmorphia and the filters that people use. And like you say, people only post their amazing life, but really... Is it that good? And well, that's the thing. It's but just a, a everybody totally else that sees it, view of yeah, the world. But everybody else that sees it, and like, kind of, you'll see people uh, promoting their friends, like comedy and stuff like that, and you yeah. just you just see a lot of sort of particular people uh, being elevated, sort of to this point. But they're not actually. That's just what we're seeing. But like. I, I, I think it's bad for many people's mental health. Obviously, it's great to promote everyone else, but when you're a person seeing it going, oh, but I'm not... Yes, like, I'm exactly. Not yeah, that's it, the point that I'm saying. Oh, and... oh, well, well, why hasn't my post got that many likes? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah. I, and that is my point, is that it is a double-edged sword. It's, oh, very much it's... so. However, what also does exist is, uh, like, there's sort of... There's quite often movements, like there's a lot of stuff on Instagram at the minute, and I'd say arguably that that is my favourite platform. Mm. Um, it's, it's one of the most fun. You get less sort of like political posts and stuff like that, and it's, yeah, it's good. But there's also a lot of positivity with it, because where you say there's sort of body shaming because of the Instagram models, uh, I'd say there's probably a bigger movement of body positivity. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. That no, sort of of thing. course, you still get trolls everywhere, yeah. but the world is just full of 
so many different things and so many different people and it's all on social media. Yeah. And so there will be good and bad of everything. Yeah. And I just, but I think there will be a tipping point where the good and the bad will become, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, no, it's sort of tailing off. Yeah, yeah, no. So I'm just trying to trailing sort off. of think as I speak. Yeah. <laughs> Which is never good. There's, there is a, a particular campaign at the minute. There's a, a thing, and I can't remember what the link is, but I'll, I'll put it in the description of the uh, of the um, podcast. Of the podcast, thank you. All. There's a boy who he'd been. Uh, he basically started a, an Instagram page where he'd just post photos of books that he liked, and it's yeah. just this young boy, like, and he just really liked books. And then some of his friends from school, I say friends, some of the people from school found out about it and decided to use that to bully him. Ah, see, this and is exactly this is exactly but my point. Right, go on. There's been a a backlash, if you will, pushing against that of like a massive amount of positivity and like uh, people are sending him books and like mm. loads of people are sharing it. Like he's got thousands and thousands and thousands of followers, like more than you and I put together, because mm. uh, I haven't got many and <laughs> you've got you've got quite a few. No, how many have you got? Forty-five thousand. Good grief. Maybe <laughs> maybe he's got less. No, I think it, it, <laughs> no no. He's got loads, but uh, yeah, it's big. he was getting bullied, and now like he's basically become sort of Instagram famous at the minute. Yeah, and he's getting sent books and like loads of positivity and like no, nice. getting sent loads Lovely. of stuff. And IKEA are sending him four bookshelves. Oh, amazing! Yeah, like to put all his yeah. Books on oh, yeah. Because no, he loves there's, books so much. There's so, yeah, and of course. There's so much. It's incredible. Yeah, it's and it's those and that's it's those stories that you see on your Instagram feed that. That's why people use social media to be uplifted in, in amongst all this shit that is happening <laughs> in the world. But just because that boy is getting sent books from people and I'm sure authors will get in touch, it's still not stopping the fact that he's being bullied for being no. a bookworm. But hopefully, and you know, maybe I'm just uh, being too optimistic about it, Yeah, hopefully those bullies will see that and go, oh, we were being dicks. Oh, hopefully, yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. I, I think it's safe kids to say... Cruel. Like, kids yeah. are cruel. Kids are cruel. I was cruel. I was, you know, like, I, I was talking about this with uh, Matt Price in the last podcast, was there are people who, you know, like, not necessarily bullied, but weren't necessarily nice to us in school or whatever, and we'd run into them in sort of years to come, and they'd come up and say, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> I was a knobhead. Like, you don't know that you're being a dick, do you, at the no, time? No, it is. You're, you're a kid, it, aren't you? You're a kid. You're trying to fit in. You're trying to seem oh, yeah, cool or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Some people are just arseholes. Have you tried this tea? I've drunk it all. Have you? Yeah. yeah so it's have I. nice. The spearmint, the spearmint is refreshing. It feels like I've had a um, a chewing gum and a hot tea uh, in, a, <laughs> in, a, in a in a in a mug of water. Yeah. Um, I'm not really I'm not really sure what boabab tastes like. But, no. Feel and like I don't a, think anybody like could. It. It's not like you buy boabab fruit in the shop. No. I have got a boabab fruit somewhere. Of course you have. Uh, what, a, yeah, like, as a, a, a dried one, yeah, yeah. A specimen, yeah, somewhere. Amazing, but yeah, ru- what? How do you pronounce this? Also known as red bush. Rubos. Rubos. Oh, I see. Rubos, South African name. Rubos. Yeah, boabab and rubos are not coming through. Spearmint is there. Very nice. My, ru- I'll let you know rubos how the digestion a, uh, helps. Yeah, find out after. Uh, rubos is a a common ingredient in teas. There's often just 
like red bush teas that are just that but oh right uh, yeah. what is it an antioxidant or something probably Some, got, something they, like they, that it all is these days yeah do you want to try the other one we've we've, we've gone on for quite a while uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm fine we can keep talking there's only just been more that there's for you to edit <laughs> yeah there, there will be a lot to edit uh i do need to eat dinner at some point as well yes so do i uh so um, maybe maybe we'll save those for uh Save the another tea for, for next a rainy time. day. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, you we'll can do another up, one. Talk about something else or whatever. Yeah, cool. Well, I mean, how long do your podcasts normally last for when you put them up? The shortest, I think, was about forty-five <sighs> minutes. The longest was about an hour and a half, but that's oh, like yeah. after editing. So, wow, we did an escape room the other day. Oh yes, we did yeah, very yeah. well. Right, that is right. We've talked. I wanted spoken to talk about, about that. extinction, <laughs> the plight of tigers. Culling animals. I tried to take it to comedy and it went back to death. Yeah, it did. It did. Let's talk about that escape room because that was fun. It was loads of fun. So we Uh, went to a local escape room, a couple's night out, me and my girlfriend, Francesca, you and your fiancé, and our friend, Matt Adlington, and his girlfriend, Tiff. Six of us went to a local escape room and the theme was Egypt... Catacombs. Catacombs. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, catacombs, weird hieroglyphs, having to save the world from a, what was it, a zombie invasion? Um, or a so demon? I, demons. Demons. Demons, yeah. that was it, yeah. And it was really good. Yeah. But I'm scared of the dark. Yeah, the entire thing was in darkness. I don't think any of us realised that that was going to be the case. No, and did you know how jumpy I was as a person? I didn't. Nobody no. knows how jumpy I am as a person. Oh, I tell you... Ross Bishop, our friend, knows how jumpy I am. Why? Years ago, years ago, <laughs> we were watching Alien okay. uh, in the dark yep. at home because I used to live with him. I think it was when, or it might have been when we were at school. Anyway, we was just us watching yeah. it. And he had seen it before and I hadn't. And in the scene, you know, they're going through the air ducts. Yeah. And, you know, the, um, the lighter light or what not. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, this thing comes out. In perfect synchronization, as when the guy, or is it Sigourney Weaver, turns and this alien head is lit up, Ross Bishop threw his wallet at me. So it <laughs> hit me in the dark. And no word of a lie, I <laughs> jumped off the, off the sofa, practically hitting my head on the ceiling. I'm just a very jumpy person. Oh, amazing. Um, and so that, yeah, that was fun. And it was a very. It was a very jumpy experience. And uh, yeah, so yeah, the escape room was a jumpy experience. Yeah, because they also had live action uh, people. When we say yeah. people, it was, one it was a teenage. It was boy. a teenage, teenage it boy. Was a spotty teenage a, boy. Yeah, in a ghoulish, whatever. But he would bang on the wall. I think he's wearing a mask, but otherwise a tracksuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't uh, even. <laughs> And what was wasn't high end props? He was being learning used. like he was learning some of our names and whispering them through walls. Yeah, which was enough to shit me up. To and be fair, which I uh, I think I was the only person that came face to face with him. At which point I screamed, "Fuck off! Just fuck off!" <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, because we had to get the code to get through a gate yeah. to get a low down grate to get through into the next room. And as we were there with our crappy fake torchlight yeah he appeared yeah and that made me practically rip off francesca's arm yeah and then at one point 
and I were just in a room and our lights went off so I just fell to the floor clinging to her leg um yeah I'm, yeah I came I, so there was like a tunnel where you had to crawl through to get to the other side and I forgot that I had the third light there were only three lights between six of us yeah uh I crawled through to the other room w- with the third light and then realized that I'd left uh, Cranfield and in the other room yeah. <laughs> and then when I crawled back through Cranfield was laying on the floor grasping his legs yeah it was it was not good it but it funny. was really good. Yeah, it's a great. I, I wanted. To, oh, we yeah. had so much fun. So much and fun. We after. also smashed the time. Yeah, fifteen minutes. I'm surprised we didn't get a refund, partial refund. But it, apparently, it had it's to be twenty, like 20 minutes. Yeah. So we will remember that. I, we could but have that easily never have done, done that so. if we had just cut out all my jumping and hysteria. Mm. I did point out afterwards that uh, if we'd forgotten the fact that it was in the dark, we could have got through that in about. 30 minutes, 25 minutes, something like that. Yeah, easy. We would have, yeah, that wouldn't have taken long at all. But it, it was, was good. There was laser beams. It's and so easy to get into your own and Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's all the dark is. That's my yeah. only. Absolutely. I have no other fears. But, well, I say no other fears. It's the, un, it's the unknown of the dark. Yeah. You know, and it's only that unknown. You're only against your own head, like you just said. If you can't see, I'm fine if I can see. But if if you're anywhere dark, you know, walking through the woods or <laughs> in the dark or get caught in the dark or yeah. your lights go out, it's you, my brain just starts going, well, there's definitely a demon in the corner. <laughs> there's definitely a burglar about to come up and stab you, a and rapist, was a murderer. Was a, yeah, and exactly, and that's it. Was and, a demon. Uh, even, even though it's a kid, it still makes you jump. Yeah. Yeah. No. But it was good fun. I would, oh, it's great I'd fun. Like to do I'm more. looking forward to doing more. Absolutely. And we're we're yeah. going to have to. Because, uh, that, so that was my second ever it's your first. My wasn't first. It? Yeah, your first yeah. ever escape room. Yeah. Uh, it's my second ever escape room in, uh, and I, d- I did two in the space of three weeks, four weeks, something like that. And basically, what I've discovered is I'm very good at escape rooms. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, so I just. Big headed, but you yeah. were good, to be fair. I, no, yeah. actually, I take that back. You were terrible with the key directions. I don't remember that. We had to get, we, we had to get that key with a magnet. One side of the wall, there was oh. a magnet. One side of the wall, there yeah. was a key on a magnet. But and you, seeing the key, had to put it around like a Pac-Man yeah, 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 sort yeah. of situation. Now, now I, d- I, I should point out <laughs> that I didn't realise that you didn't have any markings whatsoever. It, it's just well, a blank no, wall. It, it was poor communication on everybody's point. Yeah. We didn't make it clear from the beginning that we are against a, 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 blank, wall, a blank wall and yeah. you didn't make it clear that we were having to go through a, a, around a maze. Yeah. So, yeah, bad communication. But yeah. we've learned. Was, you learn from your mistakes. But what was, That's uh, what difficult about. as well was Tiff, Matt's other half, was screaming the entire time that we were trying to talk to each other. So... <laughs> 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 and so was I. So Which direction yeah. did it go? <laughs> <laughs> It was good. It was good. But what made it... But Now, I'm not just trying to make excuses, but what made it confusing more so for me was when we said, uh, put it in the uh, bottom left corner, bottom right corner, whatever it was for you, to pick up the key for the first time with the magnet, mm. you got it straight away. So I was like, that's oh, why I so, thought... Oh, I see. Oh, that like, was they just know what pure luck. And yeah, I see. False. Yeah, I get Yeah. 
Oh well, we've learned for hey, next time. You live and learn. You live and learn. Yeah. Next time we'll do one in the not dark. What's that? The light? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the not dark. Shall yeah, I try light. that again? No, I'll just leave that in. Yeah, the <laughs> next, not, we'll I do like one the in the not, not dark. dark. Yeah. yeah, the not dark. <laughs> uh, well now, I'll, sh- I'll just round it up with doing a plug, shall I? Go Can on, I? yeah, that's that's normally what I do at this point. Oh right, lovely. Thanks. What are you plugging? Sorry, I pre preempted you. Uh just if you wanna yeah. So I've been James. Great plug, man. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've been James Cranfield, known as Cranfield to my uh, friends. Uh, thank you so much for coming and 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 uh, doing this in the museum, Sidebs. Hey, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, no, go on. What do you want to plug? Well, that was going to be my bit. Oh, I just want to plug it. me. I've ruined it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. You, yeah. God, pretty, you know, I'm not a novice at doing this shit. Because <laughs> I can't just go. Follow me on Instagram. Of course you can. Okay. Uh, so it's at the taxidermist. At the taxidermist, all one word. Are you yeah. on Twitter? You are on Twitter. I discovered the other day because... Uh, oh, I don't use it, so Instagram let's not plug that. A yeah. clever thing, but yeah, you've not used it since I've, 2016. Yeah, well, there we are then. So. Uh, so yeah, just follow me on Instagram. I post, because of the algorithms now, my actual posts don't reach many people, whereas my stories do. So if you want to follow my quirky life, I try and post on there at least once a day, if not a few times a day. On, on my stories so make sure it's great fun it really is good fun to thanks to behold cheers and yeah follow me on instagram at the taxidermist all one word if you haven't got instagram find me find my shop and museum on facebook that's cranfield's curiosity cabinet uh, come and visit the shop in person yeah. in leon c in essex it's fascinating along the london road easily found opposite the elms pub and if you want to hire the shop get in touch and we can discuss your needs the you know we sat at a table Uh, send me a a direct message on instagram easy you can uh, whatsapp text call me on my mobile which is all on which is all on my instagram at the very top yeah literally any any way you want to get in touch i'm there i check it every day yeah cool good you got any events coming up that you want to plug there's a couple of interesting things that I will be doing at the shop. More details to be revealed, Ooh. so nothing's planned, but hopefully going to be getting some really interesting alive animals here at the shop. Oh, is that related to the thing that you did a little while ago? Yeah, The interesting bird. Yeah, the interesting bird. Hopefully that will be coming back. Yeah. Just need to get some dates in the diary, so Amazing. I'll be promoting that on instagram they're going to be one-on-one experiences i say one-on-one small a small group of people in my museum me present able to ask questions and then a good friend of mine um with her live animals where you can have the most amazing selfies with the most amazing animals and learn from somebody that really knows their stuff regarding those live animals and You'll also be in this jam-packed full museum where you can ask questions about whatever you want. Yeah, all sorts of all sorts of things in the fire. And then my next event for trading at will be the Big North Tattoo Show up in Newcastle at the end of next month, April. Um, but in between then, the shop is going to be open. Come and just have a peruse around. Treat yourself to a little something. Yeah. Amazing, and there's a lot of little somethings you could. I mean, I've 
I don't know how many times I've been here now, but literally every time I come here, I see something new. And that's not necessarily something that wasn't here before. That is oh, um, yeah, like exactly. Your, uh, but there's like always lactating picture. <laughs> lactating. Imagine if you could get a picture that lactated. Oh, that'd be weird. Oh, especially if it was of me. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. What is it oh, called? that's a next level of porno, isn't it? Getting a jazz mag. Oh, no, let's stop this. <laughs> Whole line of Milk process. It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what if it Gross. only didn't? No, yeah. so I was Let's thinking of there. other fluids. What's yeah, the, there, there is literally all what the lenticular. Lenticular. That's yeah. There is always new stuff because I'm constantly buying stock for the shop. I'm constantly adding to my personal collection. But even if I haven't bought something for a few days or a week, and you've been before. Like Sire said, there will be something new that you've noticed. I rearrange stuff sometimes. Yeah, and stuff even if I haven't rearranged stuff, you will just go, oh, was that there before? Like the kangaroo, yeah. the amount of people that miss Mr. Kangaroo here, full mount kangaroo at eye height, people just don't see him. Yeah. He's like the invisible kangaroo. Yeah. But and there's sure stuff enough, on the ceiling. Stuff on the ceiling, stuff hanging down, stuff it's being added the, to the shelves all the time. Stuff on shelves. One of the most uh, creepy things I've ever seen is that uh, that doll with the teeth that go all the way around its face and a sphincter for an eye. Uh, yeah. yeah. I recently met the creator of that. Really? Yeah. So it's this one-off creepy doll. Did they doll. Ill? No, no. <laughs> really nice guy. Uh, he made them a few years ago, a series of a few of them. And... Yeah, it was nice to finally meet him. But, but other than that, I did create a curious story behind it. But yeah, anyway, this yeah. is we're all rambling now. It's terrifying. Yeah, let's let's end it. Let's end it. Yeah, thanks so it's, much. It's been amazing. Leaves. No, thanks so much for having me. It's uh, it's been really good chat, and I'm I'm sure I'll make a listenable podcast out of it. No, no, the whole thing's been good, but it uh, it's nearly two hours. Uh, yeah, <laughs> bless you. <laughs> That's the thing with editing, isn't it? You have to go through. All of it, yeah. Oh yeah. So this was a real labour of love. So I'm gonna. I blow. I blew smoke up your ass earlier about your you did. children, children's literature bit, which I'm pleased to find out was your favourite bit. Oh, I love it. But also, I've also, I keep coming up with new answers for it as well. Well, good then. We'll do it because you haven't been doing it for a while. Oh, uh, I You've left it. Yeah, no, I do. Wanna... I do it like sort of pro gigs and stuff. Oh right, cool. If you, if you ever see me at the Alex, it's it's new, new material new, stuff. New material, so. of course. Save my gold for the people that are paying. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But I just also wanted to give you my Unless best you, wishes. Unless you book a, a lovely gig and you want me to come and do it, and you particularly want me to do that bit, then I'll, I'll do it then. Yeah. Yeah. A sort of audience or yeah or booker request. Yeah. Look, you keep talking over yeah, me go when on, I'm sorry. about to blow more no. smoke up your ass. Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to say that I think these podcasts are a really good idea. And again, it's a labour of love for you. And so I I hope and I'm sure it will pay off. I, hopefully me promoting it and other people promoting it and you just talking to interesting people and uh, with the interesting USP and all that will hopefully pay off. Fingers because crossed. it is a labour of love. You've come and it is very professional. I'm sat in front of brand new microphone. You've got a laptop going, a huge soundboard or whatever it is in a bag. It took you like half an hour to set it up. And and you travel the country doing it as well. So I, I really hope that it does oh, thanks, man. kick off. And I you are good. I was only joking earlier about you saying being a <laughs> shit interviewer. 
it's um it's fine i'm somewhat out of your normal scope of people that you talk to yeah but that's why i'm that's why i'm doing it i just like to talk to interesting people and drink interesting tea so yes and, and that was one of the most interesting people i know oh that's very sweet Thank you very much. You're and very you'll have welcome. to come back soon because I definitely want to try this apple and cinnamon. Yeah, absolutely. Let's. I mean, let's do another one and only talk about light-hearted subjects. That's a good idea. <laughs> pinky Probably promise. Really a great idea. Let's do it. Let's actually. There we are. We're, we're, we're actually we're pinky actually promising. Pinky there we are. Good. Right. Let's wrap this up. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me in your lovely shop, in your lovely museum. My pleasure. Uh, full of fascinating curiosities. Exactly. Uh, right thank, over and out th- thanks again cheers uh, thanks for listening everybody I love you bye bye yeah I always leave a little bit of a it gets it gets awkward it's an awkward yeah it's hard I, to finish it off so that was Cranfield I hope you enjoy it it was it was brilliant I really enjoyed editing it and, and listening to it back and yeah it's just really good fun the boy that I mentioned his Instagram account was Cal's book account so go and give that a follow he's got 150,000 followers so obviously needs more uh, whilst you're on Instagram go and follow at Tea Party Pod because I don't have 150,000 followers but do go and follow Cranfield at The Taxidermist now we are in the midst of the coronavirus lockdown it's only it's early days and it's it's wild times to be alive and while we're recording that like none of that it, none of it even seems serious and it's all escalated quite a lot in the last few days so we don't really know what's going on with it what i will say is i very much suspect that i'm i'm going to have a lot of time on my hands fairly soon so i'm probably just going to start recording some of these episodes and just churning them out just me drinking a little tea on my own yeah so i'll just be bringing you entertainment and keeping myself entertained and uh, try and keep myself out of hair because otherwise i'm worried that she may hit me so i don't currently have any more podcasts pre-recorded if i can find anyone to record with remotely i'm going to try and do that if there's anyone who uh, who doesn't look like they're ill i might try and record with them as well however in the meantime like i say i may just record some myself put them out there see what happens for everybody's enjoyment and in the meantime just be safe Wash your hands, look after each other, help your neighbours. And if you can, do anything you can to share any creative person's work online. Because that is, you know, it's, it's good for everyone else's entertainment and it's good for that artist because they're currently not working. So, you know, do what you can for them and they'll really appreciate that. Thanks for listening. I'll see you soon. Cheers. Bye.